It is a mailbag Wednesday here on Locked On Boston Bruins, and I'm going to be answering your questions about trade options, whether or not David Pasternak can catch Ray Bork for top spot on the all-time scoring list, and more. So let's get into it on a fresh episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Today is Wednesday, January 17th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day free and available on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. We're in the midst of a two-day break between games here for the Boston Bruins. They were off yesterday. Uh, The big news was Brandon Bussey was returned to Providence. That's either a paper move so that he's off the cap during these two days off, or it's a sign that Linus Allmark is ready to return to action. We'll get some clarity on that today as the Bruins gather to prepare to take on the Colorado Avalanche, a team that came back and beat the Senators in Ottawa last night. Now, before we get into some mailbag questions, quick reminder, you can find the podcast on social media at Locked NHL Bruins, and you can find me, my dad jokes, and hockey thoughts at Ian C. McLaren. Also, some Bessie picks as she jumps on the pod here today to say hello. All right, I'm going to start with not a mailbag question, but a question I was posing to myself after our boy David Pasternak jumped into 10th in the Bruins' all-time scoring leaders the other night. What a remarkable achievement uh, for a player who is not just hitting his prime, but really in his prime at the moment, already hitting 10th all-time at age 27. Uh, He passed Ken Hodge. He's now at 678 points through 635 games. Uh, He's about 90-ish points behind David Krejci for ninth with 400 fewer games played. And it got me thinking about how high David Pasternak could actually rise on this list. I mean, it's very much within the realm of possibility. Well, I think it's almost a guarantee that he could finish top three, barring, you know, catastrophe where he misses a bunch of games. Uh, And that would put him ahead of Patrice Bergeron and within striking distance of Johnny Busick and Ray Bork. Now, I'm not a huge uh, math expert. I'm not Will Hunting. You won't catch me at MIT jotting notes down on a chalkboard 
and uh, solving any complex formulas. But we can kind of extrapolate Pasternak's numbers based on what he's achieved so far. Like I mentioned, 678 points in 635 games played. That is a point-per-game average of 1.06. Now, Patrice Bergeron has 1,040 points in 1,294 games, so that's below a point-per-game average. By my math, David Pasternak would need to maintain that rate for the next four and a half seasons in order to catch Patrice Bergeron. So that would be around the end of the 2027-28 regular season at age 32. He would achieve the level of production that Patrice Bergeron did in his entire career. So let's say right now he's played 635 games, another uh, four seasons would be four times 82, 328 games plus half 41. So about 370 games. He's already at 678 points. So 370 times one point. 06 equals 391. If you add that to the 678, he's at about 1,069 points, which is ahead of Bergeron by the end of the 2027-28 regular season. Now, there's still a pretty big gap between Busick and Bergeron. And of course, Ray Bork is at 1,506 points for his career in 1,518 games with the Bruins. Pasternak above and beyond that 1.06 rate over the next four and a half seasons to catch Bergeron would need to average a point per game for the next 820 games to catch Ray Bork. So that's a full 10 seasons averaging a point per game is what he needs to catch uh, Ray Bork for top spot. Now that would, of course, require uh, a great deal of longevity in his career. It would require uh, full health over the next ten seasons, not missing a game. He could play beyond that, of course. He could play, you know, past thirty-seven, maybe up to forty. So there is an outside chance that he. Could catch a Ray Bork. I think it's almost guaranteed that, and, and in all due respect to Bergeron, he wasn't known for his, you know, offensive prowess. He was the game's best two-way player and had some of his better seasons over the last, like, five years offensively. So Pasternak... I think we would all agree is a much more gifted offensive player than Bergeron to suggest that he would pass him not uh, out of the realm of possibility. Catching Busick is 
Also very possible, a stretch perhaps to say he will end his career as the top point getter in Bruins history, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. And, you know, he's been producing at better than a 1.06 point per game rate uh, over the last couple of seasons. Uh, This season, what is he at? Uh, He has 61 points so far through 43 games. That's a 1.42. So you can expect probably a bit of a drop off later on, but over the next one, two, three, four, five years, he could be well above that 1.06. So who knows? The sky is the limit for David Pasternak, and he could go down as one of, if not the best offensive player in Boston Bruins history, which would be quite a feat considering how great Ray Bork was for this team. All right. You sent in a bunch of mailbag questions, and I'm going to tackle those here as the podcast continues. Sleeper is the number one spot for all your daily fantasy hockey needs. Regardless of where the Bruins are in the standings, you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleepers are number one choice for daily fantasy sports because with them, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like David Pasternak will record more or less than their sleeper projections for goals, assists, shots, plus minus and more in a given game. To win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey, people. Oh, it's Sleeper, so start paying attention. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply, but that's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Thank you so much once again, friends, for making Locked On Bruins part of your daily routine free and available on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, we're in between Bruins games, so I thought I would open up the mailbag and uh, answer some of your questions. The first one came in via X. Daniel at Magar Mentions asked, do the Bruins have any options to make a useful trade? That's that time of year. The trade deadline is coming up, and we know that Don Sweeney is not afraid to swing and make a deal the problem is he went all in and more over the last couple of years and the Bruins have let's say a lack of assets to work with here draft picks are obviously well in play at the trade deadline this season uh their first is uh due to the Detroit Red Wings it is a conditional pick, which is top 10 protected at the moment, barring a complete collapse, the Bruins will finish 
outside of the bottom 10. And therefore that pick will go to the Detroit Red Wings. They also, that was in the Tyler Bertuzzi trade. The Bruins also do not have a second round pick that was sent to the Anaheim Ducks a couple of years ago in the Hampus Lindholm trade. Their third round pick is also now property of the uh, Washington Capitals. And that was from the Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway trade last season. So very limited uh, picks to move. They will have their first next year with um, the, the condition was if it was top 10 protected, then they would keep that. And their 2025 first would go to Detroit, but it looks as though it will be the 2024 first. They do not, however, have a second round pick next season, as that was also part of the Orlov Hathaway trade. So over the next two seasons, they have one first round pick and no second round picks. It's not till 2026 when they have a full complement of picks. There's a couple later ones gone as well. This year's seventh. Next year's fourth. Now that leads us to, well, what else could they float in a trade to get some help perhaps down the middle or on the blue line? Of course, the big fish would be if they wanted to uh, look at moving Linus Allmark, but he has a modified no trade clause, a 16 team, no trade list. And, There's debate as to whether or not players should be approached to waive that or if that's uncool. I don't think that's going to happen. Your younger guys, there's, you know, Matt Patra. There's Fabian Lysel. There's, uh, who else is part of the next core? Mason Lorai. Those are the guys that teams would be calling about. And I don't think the Bruins are quite ready to uh, to make those kind of moves. Keep in mind, they do have the $4.5 million bonus overage. This was meant to be a transition year. That's why they brought in James Van Riemsdyk. That's why they brought in Kevin Shattenkirk. Now, if the Bruins were to fall in the standings, perhaps those guys would be in play as some more contenders look to beef up their rosters. But I think the Bruins are I don't know, happy with the current state of the roster, perhaps not content. You always want to look for ways to improve, but it's going to be very difficult for them to make any kind of big swings or useful trades. Uh, Be looking more to improve from within and you got to keep it somewhat of an eye on the future. Now, as you look to, to build the next wave and you got to think Patra, Lysel, Lorai, are part of that next wave to build on the core three of Swayman, Charlie McAvoy, and David Pasternak. You could put Pavel Zaka perhaps in there as well. The next question came from David Coates at DW Coates. Who is this year's Orlov? A trade that no one saw coming, not even rumored. Well, it's kind of hard to pick that out of thin air, but you kind of look at guys who are unrestricted free agents and who could perhaps 
be on teams that are outside of the playoff picture. Um, I think one guy who could be moved is Patrick Kane. I know he's injured, but if the Red Wings aren't in a playoff spot, why not take that asset and flip him to a contender, get some pieces back, and then, you know, if there's an appetite on both sides, perhaps he could be re-signed in the offseason. Uh, I think Vladimir Tarasenko is a guy you need to look at, a veteran on a one-year deal with Ottawa. They're not going anywhere. Uh, Tyler Toffoli could be a guy who's moved. He was acquired by the Devils, but he is a pending UFA, and the Devils are struggling to um, to keep up in the playoff race. Those are three guys I think you could look at. Now, one really off-the-radar guy is Jonathan Marcheseau, the reigning Pond um, Smythe Trophy winner. Jack Eichel is week-to-week with a lower body injury that required surgery. The Knights are super banged up. Uh, He's 33 years old. Perhaps they don't want to recommit. I think he is a candidate to be moved if Vegas takes a bit of a tumble here in the standings and they don't see this as a year to go all in and defend. Uh, They could get quite a bit for the reigning Conn Smythe Trophy winner. Uh, he's only making $5 million this year, so prorated for the trade deadline. It's a very modest cap hit to absorb for a team with Stanley Cup aspirations. So keep an eye on Vegas. Never afraid to make, make a big move. All right, we have a couple more questions. One on Jeremy Swayman and then one more uh, pop culture related one. And uh, we will tackle those here coming up after the break eBay Motors is the best place to go to beef up your ride, to make your ride an MVP. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, with over 122 million parts, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions applied. The eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. All right, there has been a lot of talk about Jeremy Swayman lately uh, based on his recent post-game comments, his talk about arbitration, uh, wanting to have the net every single night, and he's a restricted free agent this summer, and the Bruins, as of January 1st, are free to sign him to a contract extension. And I had a question come in on uh, YouTube from Richard Dunn, what do you see as a reasonable contract extension for Swayman? I'm thinking four to five year term and around $8 million. Now that is a fantastic question. And if you look at uh, goaltender contracts for next season, you see a couple guys who are going to be uh, getting pretty significant contract Increases. I'm looking specifically at Connor Hellebuck, 
in Winnipeg and Ilya Sorokin on Long Island. Uh, those guys will be making north of $8 million on contract extensions that kick in next season. Now, they're not the highest paid. We still have Carey Price, who's on LTIR in Montreal, making 10.5 against the cap. You have Sergei Bobrovsky at 10 million and Andre Vasilevsky at 9.5 million. Connor Hellebuck will be the fourth highest paid goalie next year at 8.5. And you look at what he's doing for the Jets this season, you see that as kind of worth every penny, despite the fact that he's 31 and who knows how long he can keep that going, but still pretty good value. Uh, Ilya Sorokin, 28 years old, he'll be making 8.25 million beginning next season. And, uh, you know, not as good this year as he has been in the past, but still one of the better goalies around the NHL. After that, you have guys on existing contracts, John Gibson at 6.4, Jacob Markstrom at 6 million, Jordan Bennington, 6 million, Philip Grubauer at 5.9, and then Igor Shesterkin at 5.66 to round out the top 10. I see Swayman probably coming in between Gibson and Sorokin. Probably somewhere in the sevens. Now he's going to be pushing for um, Sorokin, Hellebuck type money. Sorokin has been a Vesna finalist, as has Hellebuck. I think he won as well. If Swayman, I'm sure he's waiting to talk contract till the end of the season because if he continues to get a good share of starts and continues to play like he has been, he could very well be a Vesna trophy finalist this season. And that would only uh, give him reason to push for Ilya Sorokin money. If he's kind of outside of that conversation or top five, then you could say, yeah, he's, he's young, very young yet. He um, deserves to be paid. The Bruins played hardball with him um, last season, and he deserves to be somewhere in the $7 million range, especially for a guy who as early as next season could be the clear 1A. Because if he signs at $7 million and you have Allmark at 5, do they elect to keep both, or do they give Swayman the raise, uh, try to move Allmark and then promote Brandon Bussey permanently as the backup and really rely on Jeremy Swayman moving forward. But I kind of see them trying to lock him up for as long as possible. He's still only, you know, 25. So sign him through his prime years at around 7 million. And you could really get exceptional value out of Jeremy Swayman at that number. The final question comes from uh, Dave Radigan on YouTube. We love you down here in New Hampshire. Thank you so much. I love New Hampshire myself. Off the wall question for you. What are your favorite bands that you've seen? We love music here in New Hampshire. I'm a big music fan myself and love, love, love to get out there to see live music. Most recently, uh, we saw the Arkells up here in Guelph, which was so good. Uh, we saw City in Color with Ben Harper back in the summer. Um, going back more through the past 
And favorite bands that I've seen, uh, Pearl Jam in Toronto was just a, a dream come true. That was, you know, 20 years ago now, but still just so uh, memorable. Uh, Sloan's always been one of my favorite bands, a New Brunswick band. We saw them for free once at the Calgary Stampede. That was uh, super fun. Um, Boxer Rebellion, I've seen a couple times. They're one of my favorite bands. And I guess one of my all-time favorite concert experiences was in Ottawa. I was a teenager. There was this thing called Edge Fest, and you had some amazing Canadian bands. Uh, I'm Mother Earth, Our Lady Peace, Tea Party, Collective Soul was on there as well. On a, a football field in July, that was uh, that was pretty special. Um, those are a few off the top of my head um, that... I can remember favorite bands that I've seen. Uh, certainly, most recently, yeah, Arkells, City and Color, Pearl Jam. Uh, back in the day, um, I can't think. Oh, Pedro the Lion is also another band that I truly love and that we got to see uh, not too long ago, uh, pre-pandemic, anyways. And that was definitely a highlight for me. All right. Thank you so much for sending in those questions, friends. Always uh, great to respond to those. And I'm looking forward to seeing what comes up here with Swayman, with trade deadline stuff, with Pasternak's chase for Bruins excellence. And I thank you so much for joining me here today. Please do subscribe if you haven't already. We'll be back tomorrow to take a look at the uh, power rankings as well as preview a big game coming up tomorrow night against the Colorado Avalanche. Happy Wednesday, friends. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you again here on the next episode of Locked On Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.